Hi, this is Anna Marie, and you are listening to My Dad on the My Dad's Walk podcast. Over to you, Dad. Thank you, Anna Marie. Hello, friends. In today's episode, I'm going to take a look at the parable of the sower and the seeds. It's arguably one of the most important parables that Jesus told. And Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 4, after he told this parable and his disciples were asking him about it, he said, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? So it seems to be that he is indicating this parable was a key to understanding all the other parables. So what is this parable all about? Well, today is story time. And we're going to take a closer look at what this parable could possibly mean for us. We might find that it goes right along with what we've been talking about in the last few episodes. You remember God's plan for prosperity and success. Well, this parable is way more than meets the eye. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. All right, before I start digging into this parable, though, I kind of want to say a little bit about a parable, a little bit about parable background. A parable really is just simply it's a familiar story or it's a story that uses familiar items to convey a truth about something that's unfamiliar and abstract, hard to understand. So we read that Jesus uses familiar things in a parable to teach us about spiritual truths. Not every single thing in the parable matches up or corresponds to a spiritual thing. So the parable has a specific point to it or a lesson to teach. Uh, However, God can teach many different lessons using the same story or parable. So a parable can have multiple meanings and can be used in ways by God to teach different things to different people. In fact, uh, my original intent was to come on here and tell you about a, a way that God has taught me about being a father. A huge, huge lesson. And he used this parable, but it wasn't the the meaning that originally was intended by this parable. So I wanted to share that with you, but I thought, well, maybe first I need to talk about what this parable like is intended to mean. So that's kind of what I wanted to do today um, because it's a huge message. It's a huge lesson that we can kind of apply to our lives and, and to how we grow as a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, it goes right along with what we've been talking about uh, from the book of Joshua, if you remember that. So God said, you know, basically, hey, Joshua, here's how you really prosper and succeed. You know, you do this. You read the Bible. You study it. Then you think about it, and you allow me to teach you through it. And then you apply it, and you follow it. And then it's hard to go wrong uh, with that. And I found that very, very true in my own life. So the parable of the seeds right here. You can read the parable of the seeds. It's in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's in all three of those gospels. Uh, it's the parable of the sower. Some will see that say that. You can find at the beginning of a chapter, like in Mark chapter four, it'll say, like mine says, the parable of the sower. And that kind of lets you know you're in the, in the neighborhood of that parable right there. Anyway, you can read that on your own. Uh, I'm not going to read it to you, however. I could summarize it if you would like me to do that. Would you like that? Yes. Okay, here goes. So in the parable, a farmer is scattering seeds out, you know, and seeds are landing on all different types of soil. So Jesus explains later to his disciples that the seed represents knowledge, God's word, um, his truth. Basically, the soil represents the condition of a person's heart to receive the seeds, God's truth, you know. Uh, So some of the seeds land on uh, good soil. 
I think that's the last he mentions, okay? Some land's on good soil. It grows. It's awesome. It nourishes the seed, grows into, you know, plants and stuff like that. Anyway, you get a lot more out of it. You know, if, if you sow one seed, a plant grows up, and what, like many seeds come from that. You can you can have hundreds of seeds from that one plant. But anyway, that's the good soil, all right? There's also uh, some of the seed lands on the pathway you know like a path you're walking through the woods or something There's like a the path has soil that's compacted by people's feet trampling on it and stomping on it the soil doesn't really allow the seed to like get into it right and grow so it almost it's like rejects the seed doesn't allow it to penetrate into that hard compact soil all right so that's some of the seed some of the seed lands on rocky ground so there's rocks there's soil mixed in there too so the seeds kind of grow pretty quickly but it's very shallow Right, so when the sun comes out, you get that summer heat, then it drought, whatever, and it just burns the seed up. So the truth, God's truth, is like goes away in that case. And then uh, there's also the other type of soil is the thorny soil, thorns, other plants. You can imagine like if there's other plants around uh, that that grows up with the plant like the seed starts to grow grows some roots and starts to grow up but there's other plants like the thorn bushes and just other vegetation there that grows up along with it and chokes it out it competes for the nutrients in the soil it competes for that heart of a person so uh, it doesn't allow that seed to grow and that seed dies all right so too much competition on that soil right there so jesus is explaining to his disciples and he wants to make it very clear to them what this is about. Now, he doesn't explain this to everyone else, just his disciples, right? It's like, okay, here's the secret, guys. All right, I'm going to tell you this, but I'm not going to tell anybody else this. And this always struck me as being very odd. I'm like, why doesn't he tell everybody plainly the meaning of this? Why didn't he, you know, tell the story and then kind of let that sink in? And then as he looks around at everybody in the audience and they're all perplexed and looking at each other, like maybe, you know, he wants us to go plant seeds. And then he's like, okay, this is the point right here. Now let me make it plain to you. Why doesn't he do that with everybody? Why keep it a secret? And this was hard for me to understand for probably 20 years, honestly. You know, he says this, the secret of the kingdom has been given to you. He's talking to his disciples here. Like I'm telling you plainly here. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. So that now he's going to quote from Isaiah. All right. So this is Isaiah uh, chapter six. He says, so that quote, They may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. That was hard for me to understand what that means. I always took that as, oh, doesn't he want them to see and hear and turn and be forgiven? And the answer is yes, Jesus wants them to. Here's the thing. If Jesus makes the meaning of this plain, if God teaches us a truth plainly almost, you know, too easily, then we will see or hear and we'll think we understand, but we won't understand. And we'll be just very quick to go off on our own and get distracted with all the other distractions of the world. So he makes it more of a mystery where we have to partner with him. He wants us to partner with him in understanding the truth or a parable, for example, or any, any truth of the Bible. He wants us to partner with him. He wants us to struggle with it and say, you know what? I don't quite understand this. God, help me understand this. And he will teach us and help us understand this. Now, I'm a teacher. So 
I'll tell you, in the classroom, I get students who will ask me a question about something, and instead of answering them plainly, I'll just kind of like ask them questions back, you know, and to guide their understanding so that they can talk through something and then understand it even better. Because if I just plainly gave them, oh, the answer is X, Y, and Z, well, then they would walk away and forget about it or maybe not really quite understand what I said. But if I walk them through and ask them questions, then they're developing their understanding of something with me at the same time, and they will understand it so much better. And that's what God wants to do with parables. He gives these parables, and they're a mystery. And not only just the parables, but a lot of what we read in the Bible is kind of mysterious, and it's hard to understand. And we need God to teach us through what we read and teach us through what we hear so that we can understand better. Instead of being plain and obvious, he uh, sometimes wraps up his truth in a little mystery so that we have to work with him, partner, hand in hand, in understanding these, uh, these truths. And that's exactly what we've been talking about over the past several episodes here, was God's plan for, uh, to give us prosperity and success. He says, read the Bible, you know, read the word, and then think about it. You know, in, in other words, allow God to teach us and then to apply it. And that is being good soil, you know, accepting truth, the seed, and letting it grow. So this parable is basically, the point is that when we hear a truth, like a parable, that we struggle with it. It's okay to question it and struggle with it and say, God, help me understand this. And the more willing I am to do that and the more I seek the truth out with God, the more I will understand. So this is why he says, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? This parable is the key to all parables because it explains that people have various spiritual conditions, a condition of the heart, and a parable will test that condition. By the way, I think that I have all of these conditions at different times of my life, you know, and different times of the day, even different times of the year. Like some days, I'm I may be kind of rocky soil, and some days I might be. Uh, the pathway soil. But I mean, I think it can vary from day to day. But people with good soil will meditate and will think and pray about the parable, about the truth, uh, whatever that is that is revealed to them. And this results in a crop much greater than what it began as. Uh, For those like with a bad soil that day, a materialistic heart or a shallow faith or a hardened heart, the word or the parable or the truth that we read or here, it will not last very long. For those who don't reflect on his words, they will be ever seeing or hearing. That's like the literal meaning of the parable, but they will not understand the deeper significance. All right, let's jump on over to our mailbag and dig in for a piece of mail here. What's a mailbag? We don't have a mailbag. I'm kidding. We don't even know what that is. Made that up. Anyway, our question of the day is um, a serious question about mental illness. Is mental illness demonic? And uh, that's a very good question, tough question here, because mental illness is a very serious issue in our uh, society, and it should be taken seriously and treated seriously as well. Now, I believe in a spiritual realm. I believe in uh, demonic spirits, and I believe that they can influence people. 
However, um, mental illness is like a physical illness. We're, we're physical illness where we have a physical body and things can go wrong. We often don't say, well, that person has the flu because of a demonic influence or anything. Um, same thing with uh, mental illness as well. Mental illness has many factors that go into it. There are physical factors such as brain abnormalities, hormonal imbalances, our chemicals are out of whack, our neurotransmitters are impaired, and uh, they can be affected by things like our nutrition, uh, our exercise habits, our sleep habits. They all affect mental health and many other things as well, too. So mental illnesses also can be um, caused and brought on by traumatic events in a person's life. Uh, it could be abuse or war or PTSD. So coping mechanisms that we develop that helped us in one situation can carry over into our lives as well. So we see these mental health uh, problems in us that uh, are not demonic related. I don't think it's uh, difficult to believe that a demonic influence can influence a person to do an evil act like abuse or something and that indirectly causes someone else to have a mental health problem or issue. So I think it would be wrong to try to cast out every demon of a mental illness patient uh, I think there takes layers of treatment, including therapies and uh, psychiatry, medicine, uh, and um, other aspects to that treatment. So I believe most mental illnesses are not demonic in nature. But I do believe that some mental illness has a spiritual aspect to it because we are spiritual beings created in the image of God. And when we are disconnected from God, then we, we're not living as whole beings. It's often said that there's a God-shaped hole in us. When we, we don't know God, we've rejected him or rejected Christ, or we're trying to fill it with something else. We're trying to fill that hole, that, that desire, that longing that's in all of us with other things through relationships, through material items, through other spiritual endeavors, and those things keep leaving us empty and failing us, and that's that vacuum that keeps getting left, I believe, can contribute to some uh, types of mental illness. Even for a believer of, in Jesus Christ who follows Christ and has a relationship with God, sometimes they can have misperceptions about who God is. Sometimes that can negatively affect our view of ourselves, lead to depression. Sometimes when our behaviors are in opposition or contrary to what our beliefs are, that creates a mental frustration or stress uh, because we're not acting in the way that we know we should. Or, um, But again, I want to stress that even though there is the spiritual component to some, many men mental illnesses are caused by purely physical things. Um, the answer, I guess, to the question is no, not all mental illness is demonically related. But I think that there is a spiritual component to some of our mental distresses, our depressions possibly or other, other situations that just are, affect our mental illness as well. Well, that wraps up this podcast. And I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. And also thank pixabay.com for the music and the sound effects. Until next time, bye-bye.